0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. All right, guys. Welcome back. This is another episode of Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. I hope everybody has had a wonderful week. I'm Eric, and I've got Matt here with me. Hello. Man. It has been a crazy year so far, and uh, we, we've been a little bit behind on podcasts, so I do apologize for the lack of frequency, but I promise we are trying to get in here and knock these out as much as possible for you guys. Uh, Matt, you've been pretty busy with the Jiu-Jitsu Academy.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I know we haven't really been talking about it that much. We opened uh, back in October, and we've just been kind of growing the school, um, And it's, we're in full swing now. If you guys are curious, it's Alliance Jiu Jitsu in Roswell, Georgia. Um, come train with us world class. We're, we're 13 time world champions. We're the current world champions. Uh, we won the triple crown last year or this year. Um, which means we won worlds, we won no gi worlds and we won master worlds. So we won, we're the first affiliation to do, to win all three. Uh, in one year so, so
0: you have some uh, some slots for new students available yeah,
1: yes uh, we do we have plenty of sp- uh, slots for new students um, world-class jiu-jitsu and come on down and give us a try
0: right here in Roswell, Georgia.
1: Roswell, Georgia, Atlanta, BJJ Roswell.com. Awesome! I yep. have to
0: come up there and visit you guys. I yeah, want to see dude. what it's all about. I know
1: we talked about it before, man. You didn't know what it was about. We're going to get yeah. you in there, and it's starting I'm getting to become, my butt kicked. <laughs> well, it's starting to become very popular. It was kind of like a little like grappling secret, and now you have um you have a lot of YouTube guys i know uh glover just put his little short out getting tossed around in jiu-jitsu um you know tim kennedy big big guy at mma jiu-jitsu Jocko. so all those guys are doing jiu-jitsu we've been we took it a step further we opened a school
0: (laughs) so jiu-jitsu is definitely an art firm that involves grappling
1: it is the premier grappling art yes
0: well i'm not bad at grappling so i think it'd be be fun to fun to play around (laughs) with it so today we're, it's, it's actually a perfect way to segue into yes. today we're going to be talking about infantryman's mindset and this video may, or this podcast rather may not exactly be about what you think it's about, you know, that we're going to talk about some soldiering skills, of course, but you know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that anyone can adopt infantryman's mindset and, um, You know, infantry is a very unique job. It is a combat arms MOS in the military. MOS means military occupational specialty for those of you Mm -hmm. that don't know what that means. But uh, it it is a a job that involves direct combat with the enemy and you are, you know, the ground forces. So we're just going to start out by I'm going to go to Wikipedia and just literally read (laughs) the definition of what infantry is right off of Wikipedia. Just to give you an idea um, for those of you that may not understand what it is. Infantry is a military specialization which engages in ground combat on foot. Infantry generally consists of light infantry, mountain infantry, motorized infantry, mechanized infantry, airborne infantry, air assault infantry, and marine infantry. That's a lot of infantries. In English, use of the term infantry began about the 1570s, describing soldiers who march and fight on foot. The word derives from Middle French... Uh, infantry from older Italian. So basically they're, they're talking about, you know, how the word came to be, but that gives you the basic concept of what infantry is. Ground soldiers, guys that fight on foot. But the thing about infantry and, and I guess it's important to mention in this podcast that Matt and I were both in the same infantry platoon. We served in Iraq together in a mortar platoon, uh, 05, 06, uh, which it was interesting.
1: Yeah. Back in, back in like the infancy of OIF. I yeah. mean, we used to hear guys come back. Oh, I was in like OIF nine and OIF 10. I'm like, dang, it's still like, it's still going because yeah. we were over there like OIF two or OIF three. Yeah. Um, it was a different world back then, man.
0: It was, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, rules of engagement and things like that, <laughs> like the, the, the ROE sort of molded and shifted like as a result. Of things that, like, the first two or three years worth of dudes yeah. did. And, and, and look, you know, I'm not going to say that there wasn't some terrible things that happened in that war and some things that shouldn't have happened in that war, but war is a scary situation and it's full of uncertainty and it's full of fog and mental anguish and physical anguish and death and pain and suffering. And, and, and but there are, believe it or not, some moments of brevity as well in those situations where you find, The humor in things like you realize that, you know, no matter what color we are, we're black, we're white, we're we're Christian, we're Muslim, we're we're whatever stage in life, we're rich, we're poor, we're fat, we're skinny. No matter who we are, we all are in the same situation and we have to deal with the same problems together and come out of it shining on the other side and more, most importantly, alive on the other side. And when you put yourself in the mindset of just survival to to just simply live and survive to the next day, it really does change your outlook on life for the rest of your life. And that's the mindset I want to discuss is the, the, the disciplines that it instills in you, the mindset that it instills in you. And and I think that's an important thing to discuss.
1: It, It is very important because it, it does change you, especially when you go into a combat situation like that and you've been there for a while. Um, you know, those those behaviors are ingrained in you, and they're they're kind of burned into your brain, and your memory. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to combat or you have to be in this in that situation to practice these um, behaviors. Um, they can be learned. We just happen to be, you know, forged in fire. That's why we remember it. But if you want to have that mindset, then you can still do it. It's not like you know anything specific to combat. Like, right, you can uh,
0: other than just the experience of of how hellish you know a situation can be you this know. is
1: true um I mean, outside of that, just like those simple behaviors, like always having that situ- situational awareness, I'll tell you a big one, and I didn't even realize that I did this until um, Lisa, my wife, like we were dating and we, at the time, and um, we were going to a friend's house, and I would ring the doorbell but then I would a step to the side. <laughs> like I would never stand in the doorway. Like even while I was waiting for them to answer the door, I would stand off to the side and she would look at me one day and find she's like, why do you always do that? Why do you always like step to the side of the door? I'm like, I don't, I mean, we all know why. Cause I don't want to be in the fatal funnel. I don't want to stand in front of the door, but subconsciously I didn't realize I was doing it. I'm just like, I'm just going to move over here just in case. And this was well past when we came back from yeah. Iraq. It was like 10 years after that. But think about, I've been doing that the entire time. That was just the first time that she had said something to me because she was curious like that's a very odd behavior cuz I met her after I met I left the military so she didn't she didn't get to experience all the goodness that comes
0: with like a deployment so yeah. <laughs> this came afterwards And honestly it's probably a good thing. Yes. In the, in, yeah. in the huge scheme of things cuz it, it is hard on families you know when when soldiers are deployed and and you're separated it, it, it sucks especially when you're married you got kids yep. and we dealt with that. Um No so that's one thing that I have a new respect for. When we were younger
1: When we were younger, we had a lot of guys that were with us that had wives and kids, and you never, you never, you never think about how hard that is until you have kids. And I'm like, that is very, very tough, man. Like to have a six year old or a five year old, and you go on deployment for like a year and a half, because it was never just one year. Or worse, a newborn. Yes, like I think we were deployed for like a year and a half. Imagine mom having to be home with a newborn for a whole year. But then that kid, like. The, the pain that that father feels or that mother feels being away from the kid, like you can experience that now as you get older and you're like, that's, that's tough, man. Yeah. But that makes, that makes you a stronger person. I'm not saying that everybody should experience that, but imagine now 10 years later, like how much more wherewithal that person
0: has for having weathered that. Sometimes a little anguish can harden you. Yeah. It's true. And, and, you know, and you go forward in life and you carry that anguish with you and it really makes the little things just roll off your back. You know, someone cuts you off in traffic. You're just like, whatever. But well, that's that's slept in the mud. You know, I've, I've slept with two inches of snow on me. I mean, what, what's the worst that could happen? That's right? exactly what I'm talking about. Six yeah. days without eating. I mean, come on. It,
1: the infantryman's it mindset, like just having that, that wherewithal. And I'll tell you another thing. Like, you know, Lisa will always say, that i used to say is like it's not a bad day because nobody died like it doesn't matter how bad the day is there's never been a day as bad as like waking up and hearing like four of your buddies got blown up or like you went on an op and like something went wrong you know yeah this is just a regular day in a in life nothing happened
0: yeah (laughs) and and it's it's weird how it will it will help you garner that perspective and Soldiering in general, you know, any any person can be taught how to be a soldier, how to perform certain duties, you know, how to be given a job and a task and everything. But I think when I think infantry mindset, I think camaraderie, I think teamwork, I think common problem solving skills. Right. Sometimes a simple solution is the best solution. Um, You know, you have to kind of think on your feet. You actually have to be pretty smart to be an infantryman. Like everybody associates infantry <laughs> as dumb people. You know, oh, they couldn't get any other jobs. So they they got infantry. That's not necessarily true. I mean, you you have to know a lot of math, you know, to handle all the whiz wheels and do all of the calculations for a mortar, uh, you know, and everything like that, ballistic tables and things like that. Uh, there is a a good bit involved, uh, you know, with with mortars, and you get into artillery units and things. You know, they have to know a lot. I mean, yeah, you have a ballistic computer, but if that computer goes down, you got to break out the whiz wheel yep. and, and figure it out. You know, well, they so. did
1: require a higher gen- like infantry in general. You might have it might have required a lower overall ASVAB score, however, you did require a higher GT score. So GT being general technical, like you had to have that critical thinking ability, and that yeah. part of the test was like, well, how do you deal with this problem like expediently, quickly? You don't have thirty minutes to figure this out. It's like, how do you solve this problem? Like, hit it with a hammer, like, and if it doesn't work, hit it again, hit it harder. <laughs> yes, I mean,
0: sometimes you just have to break out a bigger tool to accomplish a job, and yep. you know, infantry. It, I've always described it as. It, it's it's a job where you're homeless, you're you're a bum with a gun. Okay? Yep. Like there's gonna be times where you sleep in holes, <laughs> you sleep in trenches, well, we didn't have trenches, but in in many wars and situations like what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, you know, they're they're sleeping in trenches with a, with a foot of water on the bottom. It's like imagine how much that hardens a person. Where I mean, what in life could possibly come your way? in the future that you're going to be like, my feet have been in a foot of water for months. I haven't had dry feet. Like, you know, like there's certain terrible situations we go through in life that just harden us so much and nullify us so much, like make us feel numb that we're just like, you know what? (laughs) Hey, if I survive this, I can survive freaking anything. And I think that that's an important mindset to have. And you don't have to be in the infantry. You don't have to be a soldier. You don't have to be in the military to adopt the mindset of a person who has gone so far to the edge that, you know what, hey, if, if we survive this, we can freaking survive anything. And I think that the teamwork aspect's important. What I learned from it is the importance of your team, the people to your left and right that you have to rely on, that ultimately could be the people that... Mean the difference between life and death. And imagine, all right, you think that at work that your communication with your coworkers is important. Oh, I forgot to send this email to so-and-so about such-and-such. Or it took me a few days to get back to this person and, you know, I I waited a little bit too long. And now our project's behind a little bit because I dropped the ball on a certain task or whatever. And, you know, we have the luxury of going, well, you know, life's going to be okay if this project takes a few extra days a week. A few weeks or whatever, but you don't have the luxury uh, in in a war or in a terrible situation. uh, You need the immediate communication and feedback of the people to your left and right because if they drop the ball, it could cost them their life and or you or all of you. So you have a certain respect for communication and purveying those facts over to each other. And I think that's an incredibly important mindset to have. Is to Understand the importance of communication and and teamwork. Teamwork is an incredibly important aspect of it. I will say I agree with you. I, what I with one
1: caveat is, outside of the military, you definitely want to communicate regularly. While being in the military, it might not be the best experience on learning how to communicate because the way that you communicate and that you're you You learn by watching your leadership, and the leadership, when they communicate with you in the in the army at least in, in my experience, is very short, very concise, very violent with brevity, meaning it, it they will use three words to to correct you. <laughs> and it, and it's not always nice and it's very quick. And sometimes soldiers, Will take that out when they when they get out of the military. They'll utilize that same Mm -hmm. type of communication, whether it's with family or friends, because that's what they're used to. And it takes a little bit of time to kind of reel that back and say, "Hey, maybe I should not be as condescending." Because being in the military is a very condescending environment. Yeah, everything is like talked down to you because it's a rank structure. So you can't take that same mentality into your workplace or into your family because people don't like to be talked to in a condescending manner.
0: You don't want to treat the people you care about like property.
1: Right. And like subordinates. But this is the way the military is by nature of it being a rank system. So if you can get past that, if you can release that part of your experience when you rejoin the civilian world, that's, that's going to serve you well. Yeah. Now that's one benefit of have of learning the The mindset of an infantryman, and not having, not experiencing, is you get to skip that whole deprogramming portion of being condescending and being an a hole, and you know that whole part.
0: Sometimes being direct is good, though, and you know, in a combat situation or or even a training environment, right? I mean, think about it. A lot of accidents happen in training. Uh, Recruits are killed all the time in training. I mean, uh, training's dangerous, right? And the thing is, is that training brings out mistakes. You want mistakes to occur in training because that's what allows you to realize what your deficiencies are and go, okay, we need to fix this area, right? Um, I remember we were training in Germany and there was a blue on blue incident, okay? Never now can. we were shooting blanks. Of course, it's training. But um, do you take that to heart and go, oh my gosh, I just fragged my own dude? Well... Yeah, that's serious. Right. But if we, if we made that mistake in training, maybe we won't make that mistake in combat when it actually matters. So whereby it sucks to have a blue on blue incident or an injury or something. I'd rather have a minor injury, a sprained ankle or blue on blue incident with blanks or worse, blue guns, you know, at a close range is not fun. But I'd rather have that little issue in training and then know that when the real time comes that. Hey, we, we've already been through this, and, and maybe we're going to correct that deficiency. You, maybe we need, you know, more training on uh, situational awareness, uh, you know, thought making, decision making processes, and things like that. So that's what that training is meant to do: is to is to harden you. And in that training process, yes, mistakes are made. Uh, there, there is an inherent danger in that sort of thing, and I suppose the same could be said for, let's just say, in the civilian world with with firearms training. You know. Firearms are, you know, dangerous tools that, if used improperly, can hurt you just like a hammer or a saw or a, a car, a truck or, or, or a motorcycle or whatever, or a boat. I mean, it, there's there's lots of ways to get hurt, right? And, and, and everyone wants to exclusively pin guns as this dangerous item that, that are just exclusive to injury, exclusive to violence. But they never want to discuss the merits of these items. Now, I don't want to get off on that tangent, but but it's just important to... To remember that, you know, the rifle is the tool of the infantryman. That That's his ultimate craft, you know, is using his rifle and closing in to destroy the enemy uh, where they stand and and to do it by whatever means necessary. And uh, to adapt to the battlefield situation as it unfolds in front of them, you know. And that's why the infantry is called the queen of battle, right? That's totally, you know, if you don't understand what that means, it comes from chess. And in chess... The queen can move any direction for any amount of spaces that she wants. She's the most versatile, uh, piece on the entire chessboard. So when they say the infantry is the qu- infantryman is the queen of battle, which is odd because oh, infantry are usually males, but this point still stands. If infantry is the queen of battle, it means that they should be able to go any direction for any amount of time, uh, to any, uh, end result on the battlefield that they need to do. So that, that's what they inf- infer with that. Yep.
1: So, you know, I don't like talking about it that much, but I had a blue on blue incident when I was in Iraq as well with, with, with real guns. And it was, it's embarrassing. It happens, but nobody's perfect. And this was, uh, out at the safe house when we had the 240, and I was pulling security on the, the date grove out there. I remember. And, uh, you know, it's like, right, we had the range fan set up. It was like perfect, like looking right at it. And next thing you got tracers coming at us and I'm just, I lay into it and then it stops. And the next thing you know, uh, I think it was like Sergeant Mack or something was downstairs. And he was like, he said, like, Hey, cease fire. That's uh Charlie company. Oh. And I'm like, Oh, Charlie company happens to be right in my range. Like right in my AO, oh. in my range fan popping off you know, tracer rounds. We
0: had claymores out there.
1: Yes. This is how idiotic this is. This is like, there were they claymores did, yes, out there. And this is how communication comes into key. Like they did not communicate with us that they were in our AO. They did not communicate with us that they were within our range fan. And they're just popping off rounds. I'm like, all right. I thought this was like a wet dream, man. I'm like, this is like, all in my range i got 250 rounds on this belt i'm like we're going to town baby and then i was like and then i heard luckily nobody got hurt yeah and thank god but i'm sure it's scary for them dude i'm like all shook up right now just talking about it i could have ended very badly but it's just like one of those communication things like they're operating in the wrong ao and you just
0: never know it happens yeah it happens and um it's you know, it, that that's the chaos and fog of war, and those are the types of experiences that an average person is probably never gonna find themselves in. Yeah. And uh, you know, combat MOSs do constitute an extremely small amount of the total military forces that are out there. Um I think mean, you're saying like maybe less than a few percent of um, all I forces. believe the
1: I believe the going statistic is one percent of the military is in infantry. So you have, in the entirety of like say the army, only one percent of the army is infantry, and then everything else is the supporting cast. However, you do have other combat MOSs. You have yeah. like artillery. You have the combat engineers. You have um, tankers. Tankers. Um, scouts. Scouts. Which I scouts, guess like we, the 19 they're usually deltis. attached to infantry. Yeah. To yeah. Platoons, of course. Um, you have like your FOS and stuff like that. Um, but again, that makes up a very small. Portion of the overall military.
0: You know, it's important to to just kind of recognize that. You know, when when you look at the structure of an infantry unit, and then you look at just the structure of the military and all the support that is required uh, to keep an infantry uh, unit running. Okay. If you think about it, like, the entire military is there to support, ultimately, the guy on the ground that has to go in and get the guy in the hole. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. It's like, it all, it's a trickle-down effect. Yeah, the Air Force can go in and drop a bunch of bombs and blow a place to hell uh, or whatever. Um, a, a bunch of reconnaissance guys can sit on a hill with, with a glid and call in a, a specific airstrike to, like, one building and, oh, we think we blew them up. But at the end of the day... You don't know until a dude with a gun walks over there and, and gets within ten feet and sees that the target's been eliminated. And that's what m- infantry is the eyes on the ground, the, the the boots on the ground that physically goes in and you know sorts out this mess. And um and the whole military essentially supports that effort, right? You know? You've got to eat, you've got to have fuel, you gotta fix vehicles, you gotta have your clothing cleaned. I mean, like, it's all these things. You gotta take showers, you gotta take a dump, you gotta sleep somewhere. You know, there's all these logistics that go into keeping you alive, right? And, and I think that's an important mindset to have too, to realize that logistics win wars. (laughs) I mean, like, if you look at any military blunder that is not directly related to combat, A lot of blunders can be chalked up to poor logistics, bad weather, right? Poor communications, right? Terrain. All of these things are important. And over time, again, that infantry mindset starts to come into play, right? What do you do now, right? After you've been in the military a while, or even if you just want to adopt the infantryman's mindset, you think about complacency. Uh, You know, hey, I'm not going to sit in the... uh, In the restaurant with my back to the door. That's a common thing, right? Uh, And that's not even necessary in the infantryman's mindset. That's just a mindset of someone who's like, Hey, I don't have my back to the door. Situational awareness. Situational awareness. Yep. Right. What do we consider when we're traveling? Right. What route we take? Right. Is the weather going to, going to be good? Is it going to be bad? I mean, everyone does that. Hey, we're about to take a road trip. Uh, you know, well, we could leave. Wednesday while it's piss and rain, or we could just wait till Thursday when the rain stops and leave Thursday. Well, we probably want to, you know, have the nicer weather if we can if we can deal with it right. So we're always assessing these things, right? Hey, if it's raining outside, we grab our umbrella or rain gear or muck boots, like we prepare for that situation, right? So that's really you know, that's what it comes down to. It's just that mindset is one of looking to the future and understanding what's about to happen and preparing for that eventuality to the best of our abilities and communicating those eventualities to the people around us so that they can come out on the right side of the situation as well. It's pretty simple, really.
1: And to, to stack on top of that simplicity, if if I was going to compare, you know, being in the infantry on a combat deployment to any other job, it's by far the easiest and most simplest job I've ever had. So, and uh, outside of g- being on like four day missions where you leave and you, you're gone for four days and you come back. Okay, so let's strip away all of the the, the suck. Yeah, let's so strip this away and we'll go into it. So, okay, yeah, four days, no shower, limited food because you're you know running you know patrols or you're running convoys or you're on um you know security traffic control, traffic point. control points doing your little um you know traffic stops you're stealing people's cars and stuff um it happens walking through minefields yes uh, so strip that away strip away the fact that you know you're gone for 4 days you come back and you get like 24 hours to like decompress and then you're back at it all right yeah. um when you do it's come back yeah when you do come back you don't have to worry about your laundry you get to go drop your laundry off Right. If, and this is all coming from lower enlisted officers and like, um, upper enlisted, like, you know, first sergeants and platoon sergeants, they have to run meetings and do all that stuff. I's not, I wasn't privy to that. I was lower enlisted. Shield. And they
0: probably have people help them out with that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like I had the, the, just, the, the yeah. shield
1: of the sham shield. I got to, you know, we all got to kind of just fly under the radar, but drop off your laundry. They do the laundry for you. You're hungry. You, are hungs. Go get you some food. All right. Yeah. When you are back at camp you have a bed you get a shower and then guess what you just hang out and relax until they say all right wheels up at you know 1300 tomorrow and that's what you're no accountability go do your uh, pmcs on your truck on your humvee it's if clean it's, weapons clean weapons if it's broke go take it over to the mechanics tell them what's wrong with it those dudes are awesome they'll Fix whatever you he's like, hey man, I need this vehicle back by thirteen hundred tomorrow. They're like, Great, come back yeah. in
0: like an hour. Go over to the yeah. little internet lounge, yeah. send an email, go to the gym, work out, yeah. go over to the chow hall, have a meal twenty-four yeah. hours a day, seven days yeah. a week, whenever you want. You could be one o'clock in the morning, I'm hungry. Well, go to the chow hall. Dude,
1: I cannot <laughs> tell you having like competent mechanics was awesome. Like your yeah. truck would be having issues, you run over, like you drive it over there. Like, hey. Yeah. My stick
0: is on, on the road
1: at, at one tomorrow. Yeah. They're on it. Yeah. Like it. you'll see like four dudes in there pulling stuff apart, like replacing parts. Like yeah. I give a lot of credit to those guys. Like the mechanics kept us going. Yeah. Um, but just to put it like it was very easy. It was very cut and dry. It was like, Hey, this is the mission. You complete the mission. Get all the stuff you need to get done. Go pick up your mail mail. Amazing. How does something go from the U S to? Camp Striker in Iraq, like a desert. Yeah, imagine base. the logistics yes. required to get that letter to you. you <laughs> That's know? crazy, man. Yeah, it like, is.
0: You know, and also another consideration in those in those types of environments and in that situation as well is that um, when you look at all of that, people today, like there, there are a lot of veterans that come out of the other side of of combat and their military service, and a lot of them have like. A lot of extreme views, like oh well, civilians shouldn't own guns, and you know they want socialized everything, socialized medicine, and you always notice that that comes out of D.C., like the D.C. environment, like the people in Virginia, like they all are more blue, more mm-hmm. leftist, more socialist, more progressive, Democrat kind of kind of a vibe that you get out of them, and um, I, I just want to say that I think that while I think that's the wrong mindset to have, of course. That's my opinion. I mean, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, conservative, right-linging, you know, type of guy. I'm really more centralist than I am right. But the point is, though, is that, um, in all of that, they come out of that environment liking that socialized environment. Like you get sick, you just, you don't have to pay anything. You go and get looked at at the, at the, at the, at the clinic. You know, you go, go over to sick call and you, and you get taken care of. You're hungry, you have a meal. Uh, Your clothes are wore out, you get clothes. Uh, You're out of ammo, you get ammo. Everything you need is taken care of. And when you're in that environment for 25 years or 20 years or however long, you know, a long military career, and you get so conditioned to having everything provided for you, I can see why it would be tempting for people to come out of that environment and go, well, I'm actually a socialist and and didn't realize I am because I I like getting everything for free on the taxpayer's Mm -hmm. dime. And it becomes this hierarchy of, well, I'm actually above the civilian. That's how Mm -hmm. they feel. They think that they're above the civilian. They think that they deserve more than civilian. They think that the taxpayers should front all of their needs and that society should just take care of it because they are on this higher plane of existence. And I think There's a stark contrast in the difference between that mindset and the mindset of a person that can take that situation and go, wow, this was a bad situation. And hey, while like there's a war going on and we're over here in this combat zone, well, of course, things have to be taken care of. But like, I'm not going to expect society when I get home to, (laughs) you know, offer me the exact same luxuries just in my everyday life because I experienced that treatment in the military. And I think there's just a, a disconnect there. And the difference in the mindsets, you know. And and the same goes for, for firearms ownership. There's a lot of people that come out of the military environment and they think, well, civilians shouldn't have guns and they end up being anti-gun, even though, you know, may, maybe many of them uh, even served in combat MOSs and, and found themselves on the wrong side of a gun in many situations and then use firearms to protect themselves in combat, you know. And you would think, like, Matt and I came back from a situation we go, well, Wow, guns are pretty dang important, right? Like, you know, I I couldn't imagine going somewhere over there without having my freaking rifle. Right? You take that rifle to the latrine. You take the rifle to the shower. It don't matter where you're going. You're gonna have that rifle. That rifle is your companion.
1: Absolutely, dude. Like I remember when we first came back, you felt naked without it. You were you would wake up. Freaking
0: out! I still keep a
1: rifle in my truck. I
0: carry a rifle everywhere I go. I'm not going anywhere without a rifle.
1: Those first couple months when you come back and you wake up with cold sweat and you're like, "I lost my rifle. Like I cannot find my rifle." You know, like you just like the dread. That sucker is your wife. Yes, like it
0: is your companion. And I just cannot imagine how someone could come out of that environment and not go home and go, "Wow!" Like you know, firearms good thing to have laying around like you know it's useful right like how could someone be anti-gun after coming out of a military environment where you just use guns for an entire year and a half deployment or year long deployment to defend yourself against people trying to kill you how could you be that way it's just i don't understand the mindset it's just doesn't Ring in any form of logic with me well I and I say use with air quotes
1: because lots of those guys are the Pogues. yes they they or they were upper echelon they had PSDs you know they got the photo op with the rifle, but their rifle was always clean their 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 uniforms no dirt on it. our uniforms like blood and ripped and all nasty but you are absolutely right. the military is a socialized. Enigma because while it does provide, you know, protection and jobs, it's a socialist environment. Like everything is provided to you.
0: Yeah, but it's a socialist environment that comes out of logistics and necessity. It is. However, that's why everyone's got a job so that everyone is working towards a common goal. Like the idea of a socialist environment, if you consider the military to be a socialist environment, which oh, really it is, Yes, it, it is. right? The reason it works though, is because everyone is working towards a common goal. Hey, our goal was to win the war. Well, obviously the mechanic's going to fix my vehicle. The mm-hmm. cook's going to feed me. Uh, the, the, the medic is going to fix me if I'm hurt, like et cetera, et cetera, because I'm, put my butt on the line to go out there and get shot at. So they don't have to get shot at. So it's like, we're all working towards a common goal. So here's the way the that reason I, it doesn't work in society is because people don't give a crap about each other's goals. Well, It that just becomes and, about mooching off of uh, of people and not necessarily because we actually want to accomplish something as a cohesive unit. And that's the difference in the mindset.
1: I would say that, that that as well as it works in the military because there's a rank structure. So there's a hierarchy The reason that socialism doesn't work and it never will work outside of something with a hierarchy and rank structure, which socialism is designed to negate. It's supposed to be everybody is equal, right? Everybody is on the same level. So you can't technically have that without a, with a rank structure. It's not supposed to work. So the reason that it, it, the reason that you mentioned those guys out in Virginia and DC, They're, they're like, Oh, you're a civilian. That's exactly why it doesn't work because they look at it like they're better than you. There's always going to be. They're your ruler. There, there has to be in a socialist and even I say communist environment. There's, it's not supposed to be a point where you have those that are above like oligarchs, but it always happens. There's always people that are above you, that look down on you, that have more than you. And that's what causes everything to unravel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to get on that tangent in this particular podcast, but I think it's important to mention that, you know, there are a lot of people that come out of the other side of, of a military environment that have that mindset. And I personally have never been able to understand it or make any sense of it or rationalize it in any way. Um, I'm just the kind of guy that, you know, I grew up in the South. I grew up, you know, in the outdoors, hunting, fishing. I grew up with guns my whole life. So for me, firearms were just a natural part of existing in the South as a young man. And, um, you know, the military, obviously, you get to play with some cool guns. And, you know, maybe when you're young, maybe that's all you think about. Like, hey, I'm going to go see some adventure. I'm going to go do something crazy and, you know, go do this. You may not necessarily think about the, let's just say, geopolitical ramifications or the moral or, 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 or logical ramifications. I mean, like when you're 19, 20 years old, uh, you know, look, later in life, you look back and you go, wow, we did some dumb things when we were young. And, you know, volunteering to, 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 to go take part in a in a war, you know, it's probably a pretty crazy decision for some. You know, maybe later in life they look at it. But I tend to look at it like, hey, it was just, it was what we all felt was the right thing to do at the time. It was what was all in our hearts at the time. And, um, and you know what? I learned something from it, right? I learned teamwork. I learned camaraderie. I, I learned... You know, some good survival techniques. I learned how to kind of harden up and, and, you know, realize that, you know, look, life isn't fair. You're not always going to be comfortable. You're not always going to be secure. You're not always going to feel secure. Sometimes you're going to be in danger. Sometimes you might have to kill somebody that's trying to hurt you. And, you know, uh, overall, you kind of receive that as sort of a baptism, if you will. It's like, well, you know what? Um, my life hasn't been too difficult up till now, but, but now, boy, things are feeling pretty difficult and, and you get, A little bit of a wake up call to what reality really is, and and I think that that experience can be a positive thing for some if they receive it in the correct way and take it as 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 a teaching. I know earlier we were discussing that the infantry mindset is is almost like akin to bushido. Yes, like you know when we look at the marketing campaigns for recruiters back in the two thousands. Right. The be all you can be and the warrior culture, the warrior ethos and all the way that they would, they would discuss the idea of being a warrior, uh, very much in, in a way that, you know, like knighthood or Bushido or the Spartans, like the warrior culture, the culture of fighting people, but also the spiritual and moral implications of what it means to be a warrior. Like to have the courage not to kill is almost as important as having the courage to kill. And that discretion, you know what I mean. It, it's it's an art form, you know. And and you know when you think about Bushido, you know it's it's the same concept. You know the samurai, you know they they were they were very very methodical in the way they trained themselves. They enjoyed art and music and good female company. They they enjoyed you know good conversation, poetry. They sang. They wrote poetry i mean so the whole warrior concept to them was was that a warrior should be someone who's capable you know when you look at both sides of the brain right you have a, a, a male component component of the brain and a female component of the brain and i think a good warrior really should should be able to embrace both sides of their mental capacities in the brain you got to be able to do both it can't just be all rah 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 all the time, because that, that can lead you to the temptation of doing something irrational. Whereby the female side you can't you can't just always react emotionally either. You have to have both sides working in unison with each other to provide um an outcome that is going to be, you know, logical, um but but also, you know, well thought out, well considered and, and weigh every single Idea behind the decision you're going to make, and and I think that that culture comes along with it, you know, and and you develop that over time, the, yeah. the skill to do that.
1: So, if we're talking infantryman's mindset, we're looking at you know key characteristics. Yeah, we could say, you know, one of the most important is like I would consider grit or tenacity, just yes. the ability to, like you said earlier. Let things roll off your back. Embrace the suck. And knowing that you have to continue. Like there's just, there's no choice. Like you're, you can, you can make the best of it. All right. So let's just say, for example, you are, you're on a 12 mile road march. Or, and if you, conversely, if you take that into the civilian world and you're, you know, you have to, escape your you know like here in Atlanta we had the snowpocalypse right a couple of years ago where people got stuck on the road they literally had to get out of their car and they were walking like you know five or six miles Some home people froze to death and they did day. yes but this is where it comes in the mindset you don't have a choice you stay in your car you're gonna freeze to death or do you get out to the best of your ability make it home you you one has a hundred percent chance of death. The other, you can make it. You just have to, it's going to suck. It's going to suck very bad. Yes. So having that, that mindset of like, just you have to do it.
0: There's no other choice. That's it. You know, and to suck it up and deal with it. So grit and tenacity, I would say another characteristic of the infantryman's mindset. And I think this is important. Punctuality and accountability.
1: Yes. Huge.
0: Personal accountability punctuality. One thing that I can say that after serving in the military that, that I really took the civilian world. I'm very funny about being on time. If I make an appointment with someone, I'm going to be there 20 minutes early because I'm going to factor in getting stopped by the train or I'm going to factor in getting pulled over by the cops. I'm going to factor in every eventuality so that I can ensure that if the appointment is to be late and not on time, it's not because of me. Yep. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Punctuality is super important. Everything works on a time schedule in the military. Time is of the essence.
1: Yep. And if you miss movement, you're done. Like if they say, "Hey, we're pulling out at this time," we're not waiting for you. Like this is just the way it is. We cannot and stop. And going to be this. in a ton of trouble. Yeah, that too. But you, you're not you're not going to delay the entire mission because you know
0: we're just going to leave you. We'll pick you up on when we come back. Another tenant would be accountability. I mean, again, we mm-hmm. talked about personal accountability, but the military has many ways of holding you accountable. Believe me. If you're not personally accountable, they will ensure that you are accountable. You'll get Article 15. You'll get slapped with all kinds of crap, extra duty. If you screw up, they're going to hold you accountable 110%. Dude, I've been
1: hazed so many times, it's ridiculous. I mean, in... It, it, it is. It is what it is. I. I don't know if they still do it now, but back then, blood it was, rank. It was like. Well, I mean, just like hazing, meaning like, yeah, you're late for formation, you get smoked for like two hours. you know, like, it, like that type of hazing. Like, yes, it's it is holding you accountable. I'll tell you what, it does work because nobody wants to be smoked after you know after hours, no. multiple times. Um, Lose
0: that rifle one time. and Watch what. Oh happens.
1: God. Yeah. No. So I mean. It, and So we have grit, tenacity, punctuality, accountability, um, you know, situational awareness, obviously, is a huge one. Yeah. Understanding, you know, your surroundings, looking around, making sure that, you know, you're in a safe space and almost like you're preparing for the worst. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, it's not going to happen. But understanding like what those outcomes could be.
0: With the situational awareness, uh, you know, again, I go back to that whole restaurant idea. You know, hey, you don't want to have your back to the door at a restaurant. That's simple situational awareness in in play right there. All right, what if you're on the road uh, driving or whatever, and, um, you know, you can make a decision. Hey, you're on a four-lane road or something. well, Well, maybe I'll have the situational awareness to realize that there's a lot of traffic in these few lanes I've noticed the last few miles. Well, maybe I'll just switch to a lane that has less traffic. What if someone blows a tire? I don't want them swerving over and hitting me. Or what if I need to escape the road quickly and get off on the shoulder? Or what if I need to escape the highway quickly? So I think about that. I'm always close to the exit lane in case I need to make a quick exit. So again, those little tiny uh, minuscule things may not matter, but they add up in totality to where it's like, wow, like you're actually pretty well prepared. You know, uh, I'll admit that before I was ever in the military, I never carried a med kit in my car or, or road flares and, and, and car repair stuff and tools. You know, I was never always well prepared, you know, but over time you realize like, you know, Hey, it's kind of a nice thing to have laying around. That's just general preparedness. You know, that's seeing the path in front of you. And what that situational awareness teaches you to do is to understand the path that lies before you. To not live just in the moment that you're in right then. You need to live in the next, you know, day or two days or week or even plan months in advance. And you'll find that as you plan these things out and have a better view of the path in front of you, you'll be more prepared and you'll it'll actually lower your stress level considerably. Look, stress is a killer. And you'll stress yourself out a lot less by not procrastinating and waiting to the last minute to make plans when you view the road ahead in its totality and look as far as you can, uh, you'll be able to prepare for what's coming a lot better. And I think that that is a a, a skill that the infantry instills uh, in in you quite well.
1: Yeah. So there's two that uh, come to mind for me. um, And these are probably up there with being like top tier. One is being reliable and not reliable in a sense that, um, I can, you know, rely on you to always be there when I need you. That's, that's a different type of reliable. Reliable meaning if you're given, um, an objective or given, uh, instructions that you're going to follow those instructions and be where you need to be at a certain time. So if they said, Hey, so and so, we need you at this point at one o'clock. They don't have to micromanage you. They understand that you're going to be there at that time when they tell you to be there. And it's not like I'm telling you to be there because I want you to be there. As I'm telling you to be there because the team depends on you to be there on time. So being reliable and just doing what you say you're going to do. And this goes to if you say, hey, so-and-so, I'll do that. I'll pick this up for you or I'll make sure this gets done. You're not just going to blow it off
0: hey uh I, I went to the chow hall I'm already over at the laundry point well I can just pick his laundry up too. yes do you look out for huge, each other huge. or something like hey um, you know this stick leaves at 1300 that doesn't mean at 1300 I'm showing up with my pants down scratching my butt starting to load the gear that means that headspace and timing on that 50 cal's ready to go it means a, the the newest codes for the radios is programmed and ready to go and we've already mm-hmm. done combo checks we've already done our basic uh checks on our vehicles checked our air pressure and our oil and all our bull crap make sure the air filter's clean all that crap is done yep. and that vehicle is turned on running full of fuel and ready to roll at 1300 and to know that the people you're left and right that you don't have to go well hey did you fuel up the vehicle did you do this did you do that it's just known that it's a well-oiled machine and that this this machine's ready to go and and that
1: goes back to being like having that camaraderie because in those instances usually everybody's hanging out together so like the 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 drivers all four or five drivers would be Getting ready at the same time, even though they didn't have to be. You, everybody yeah. could decide to do their own thing and wait till and the you last. You know how minute.
0: much time it takes. After yeah. a while, you kind of go, "Hey, it's about time we get yep. rolling," and we all kind of get up and do our thing. Yeah.
1: And then everybody's kind of hanging out. You're mounting your your guns together. You're mm-hmm. checking your fluids, all that stuff. Yeah, You're, and if you
0: get done, you help everybody else. Yes, you know?
1: like it, and that brings back memories, man. Because every it's like everybody's one big team or family because you're all helping each other you're like oh man i need this and you go and steal it from somebody else like this you steal oh, yeah. it, you steal it together like, yeah. you're like hey you go down to the motor pool and, and acquire something oh man <laughs> let me tell you
0: and, and well okay here's another tenet of, of the infantryman's mindset resourcefulness yes <laughs> resourceful how to be resourceful it will teach you to acquire things as you need them and 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 to overlook the uh the moral ramifications of taking something that doesn't belong to you because, well, in that environment, everything belongs yeah. to everybody. Exactly. So that, that,
1: that door doesn't belong to you. That belongs to the army. And yeah. I need that door and I'm putting it and on And I need it more than <laughs> yes. you. So I'm just going like, to I have it. somewhere to go. So I need this. And trust me, guys, happens all the time. Those doors come right off. <laughs> like, they're, just, know, they're just it, sitting on
0: hinges. <laughs> I think that, I think infantrymen also tend to value good relationships with, with each other a lot more than maybe some of the other areas of the military and one great example is our platoon sergeant okay i'm not going to say his name because i don't want to blast him out or anything like that but you know who i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and uh so i was his gunner so you know of course like i have to hear it all you know and and if if he complains about other soldiers in the platoon i have to hear it it's like i hear everything because i'm i'm near the top like i'm near he's the boss so it's like if you work under directly under the boss, you're going to hear all the bull crap about all the other other people in the company, like if you're in the civilian world. Same thing in the military, you're going to hear an earful. But sometimes riding with the boss is a good thing because he's the kind of guy that will will think about it. The boss knows the boss at the chow hall, right? The 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 the, the, the platoon sergeant that handles the chow hall. So of course, he's going to be able be able to go in there and uh let's just say carefully acquire uh, anything that we might need. For our stick that day, so of course we always had a cooler full of Red Bull and Gatorade and all kind of good mm-hmm. drinks and plenty of water. And of course, you know he w- he would always get the uh, the good meals for us, the Jimmy Deans, yeah. Instead of the MREs, we had fresh Jimmy Deans that had like fresh made sandwiches and chips. And believe me, when when you're out on a stick, there's nothing more refreshing than a fresh sandwich over yep. that damn MRE. Yep. So relationships, understanding the importance of keeping your friends close and understanding, Hey, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. And that's another form of that resourcefulness. Yeah. Like you help each other and use each other's resources in ways that, you know, you, you scratch your buddy's back. He scratches yeah. yours. It teaches you to understand the logistics of brohood, right? What Bro do we do Hood. with the
1: Italians? Yes. Yeah. What do we do with the Italians? Yeah, we would trade with them. Yes, yeah. we did.
0: What did we trade with the Italians?
1: <laughs> Well, I guess it's past the statute of limitations. It's past now. the statute. This we, just say, just say what it was. <laughs> we would we would trade uniforms for wine and liquor. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we would like uniforms, patches, mm-hmm. whatever. Like they had liquor and wine because I don't know how they did it.
0: We didn't. We wanted it. We got it. Look, it's simple brotherhood. That's another tenet of it, brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I don't speak Italian. They speak enough English to communicate with us because, you know, the Italians are probably a hell of a lot smarter than we are. You know, they they the Japanese soldiers we ran into could speak English. Yeah. It's like, what's wrong with us? Like, we don't speak other languages. We're rednecks, you know. But we take care of each other. I did feel you bad always for them, take though. care of each other
1: The Japanese soldiers in the black and those like black Fox vehicles. Like they, for some reason they kept their vehicles painted black in the middle of the desert. I had to feel bad. It had to be hot. Gosh, it was hot. Yeah. But they had AC
0: in those things, which back, back mm-hmm. in 05 was, you yeah. know, not very many of, of our Humvees had AC. None of them. I think one of them had AC. and It didn't work. It wasn't <laughs> as common yeah. Yeah. in 05 as it, as it was later. But the point is though, is that you look out for each other and, there's just universal brotherhood that applies to it. You know, I could talk to a soldier from Japan. I could talk to a soldier from Italy. I could talk to a soldier from Bulgaria. Anywhere. We'd and any guns. of them I ran into, you could all relate somehow to each other, even if you didn't speak the same language, just because you were all in the same environment together and all dealing with the same bullcrap together. And that, in of itself, is a tenet
1: mm. of Infantry mindset. Yeah, you'd switch guns with them. You're like, oh, hey, let me see
0: yours. I'll let you see you. And You're like sitting there like, oh, mm-hmm. this is kind of weird. Give me the Japanese back. always mm-hmm. had some weird rifles. And I noticed, too, that the Japanese were very, they were very reserved. That's they just part of really their culture. They to talk that yeah. much. And if, hey, can I check out your rifle? Or, oh, no, we can't do that. It's mm-hmm. like they're just so regimented. And I respect that about them. I respect the fact that they're very disciplined people. Mm-hmm. They always had well kept uniforms, really clean vehicles, clean rifles, and they were always very professional to a fault,
1: mm-hmm. almost to a fault. I forget which country it was. It was on gate duty. It was. It was. It wasn't. It was the specific country that would always be on the outer gate. So, like the U.S. would be on the inner gates, but then the outer gate going like the last gate to get out. It was always another country, but I forgot. What it was, I want to say it was like a European country. I can't remember. Was
0: it the Czechs?
1: It might might have been. It, their uniforms were like it almost looked like a first generation like multicam. It was like light brown, brown, green.
0: I don't recall. Yeah, it's been for it feels it's like been a, lifetime a while, ago. man. Yeah, but yeah. I, I
1: just remember it was like a European country.
0: Oh, I'm glad that in this podcast, you know, we were able to reminisce a little bit mm-hmm. about some of our experiences and, and, and maybe. This will provide some context mm-hmm. to what we're trying to accomplish in, in today's podcast to discuss the infantry and men's mindset. I got you, one more. You don't have to be in the military. Of course, we're going to go, go more, but I just want to kind of, you know, cap that to say that you don't have to be in the military to still be of, um, of a great mindset that can, that can take you a lot more places than you, than you might think. Yep. So and what's another two? I agree. Well, and I'm those,
1: sure there's ones we're, that we're missing, we're missing here. but these are the yeah. ones that, are, that stick out to me as yeah. to like what makes a good mindset, even like in the military, especially. But if you take these, um, characteristics and, and practice them outside of the military, it's going to serve you the same. I agree. And the last one that I have is, um, just being the best, meaning it's almost like a culture of not rivalry, but you, always want to be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. And it's almost like it's ingrained in you. So if you're, hey, um, so for example, like, yes, we were in a mortar platoon, but we weren't necessarily doing mortar. Like the way the infantry is set up is you have like 11 Bravos and 11 Charlies. The only difference being during basic training, when the 11 Bravos go to do Bradley training, we go and do mortar training for it's like Mm -hmm. two weeks. And then we come back together and then everything is the same. You still go to the same ranges and all that. We train
0: on the one, one threes. They train on Bradley.
1: Correct. Um, so when we go overseas, a mechanized, unit, mechanized, yes. Um, so that's another
0: bag, bag of tricks. We'll talk about later
1: (laughs) in, in that sense, you're still held to the same standards as an infantry standard. So you have infantry, like range table tests, you have to go qualify with the machine guns. And then on top of that, you have to qualify with the mortars. So now within that unit, you want to be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. If you are a gunner, you want to be the best gunner and you're doing everything you can to be the best at that job. And you want your team to be the best. If you are an RTO, you want to understand you go and you go down this rabbit hole of like, what's the Best way to do this radio is the is the codes, like everything, and that is a skill that a lot of people just don't have right now. And I, and hopefully, if you can get in the right mindset, it's just always wanting to be the best. Whatever it is that you do, apply yourself a hundred percent.
0: I want to mention as well that when it comes to that, you know, be the best version of yourself you can be too. And and I will say this, and look, I'm man enough to admit this. That when I was in the military, I was not always the best when it came to physical fitness. Like, I struggle with running. I was never the best runner, you know? And look, to be fair, some everyone has strong points and weak points, right? Like, some people may not v- be very good runners or good at push ups and sit ups. I could always do a lot of push ups, I could always do a decent amount of sit ups. But I always struggle with the run. Sometimes I fail a PT test. It happens, right? You know. But those those things that we identify allow us to go. Hey, how can we make the best version of ourselves that we could be? Had I, if I could go back in time, I probably would have started lifting a lot younger in life. You know, I only recently started lifting. Uh, within the last few months, I'm almost forty years old, and I haven't gotten into lifting until much later in life. And so, to piggyback on what Matt said, be the best version of yourself that you can be. You know what I mean? Be as strong as you can be. Be as capable as you can be. Be as physically fit as you can be. And that's one area that I I think I might have struggled a little bit with. But to be fair, not making excuses, and that's another thing, don't make excuses. You don't make excuses. You come up with results. But the point is, is that not to make excuses but when you're young you know sometimes a motivational factor can be a little difficult to work out for some of us you know we don't know what we want to do in life yet we don't know the path that we want to take sometimes we we don't always know what we're really capable of until we push to that point you know and uh to be fair when when you're young you you get a little bit of a you get a tiny amount of of ability to to kind of make some mistakes okay and then it takes maybe some adulthood and, and a little bit of life experience to realize like, wow, this is where I want to be in life. And I see that goal now and I'm going to achieve it. You know, Uh, you know, I'm getting in a lot better shape. I would say that right now I'm probably in better shape than I was when I was 20 in terms of my muscle mass and, and just physical, you know, the way I feel, my physique and everything like that. So it's OK to be a late bloomer. <laughs> Look, it's OK to be a late bloomer. You know, it, it, it's all right. So. That's important. Be the best version of yourself that, that you can be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, I think that's a very astute observation. There's probably things that we're leaving out on this podcast. This podcast could be an hour and a half if we wanted it to be, but we'll probably keep it at around an hour. That's typically what our show, uh, you know, length is, uh, are there some tenets of the infantry mindset that we forgot to mention, or are there some things that you would add? Have you been in the military? Um, You know, We'd love to hear from some of your experiences. Go down in the comment section below here if you're uh, watching here on YouTube and leave us some comments. And maybe we will do a revisit of this particular video slash podcast. And we'll go over some of your tenets. Um, Everyone takes from military service what they take from military service. The reason that Matt and I have such a similar mindset is because we're in the same unit at the same time. Right? around the same people, sharing the same experiences. So our mindsets are going to be pretty similar. Um, I'd like to know what your mindset is. Have you had a negative experience? Uh, did some of those negative experiences help you in some way and make you stronger and make you better as a result? Um, I think I know the answer to the question, but it's just interesting to see what people take from it. But again, I want to reiterate, you don't have to be in the military to have the mindset of a warrior, of a fighter to have the mindset of someone who refuses to die. Be the Keith Richards of humans, right? Be the cockroach of humans if you have to, if it means refusing to die, refusing to be defeated. And, uh, you know, you develop that mindset, and I think in time you you, you sort of wind up just kind of like not letting anything bother you anymore. Ooh, everything is real Stoicism. soft. Stoicism. Yeah. Maybe that could be a tenet. Sometimes you just got to be stoic and just understand that there are things out of your control. Uh, and, and sometimes you're just you are, will be forced to react to a situation rather than go, hey, I'm controlling this situation. If I'm going to the park and having a picnic with my family, well, I'm going to grab my basket and blanket and all my food and I'm going to roll the blanket out. And I'm controlling a situation like as long as the weather's good. We're having a picnic like I know that. That doesn't require stoicism, but sometimes in life you have to realize that there are situations that are out of your control. Yep, and agreed. you have to react to the situation instead. Wow, this has been a great. Po- this yeah, is such like a great it. podcast to break the ice after being off off for a while.
1: Yeah, man, we've been super busy. I think this was probably one of the the easiest ways for us to get back into oh, it.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, and I think it's it's very relevant to to what's going on right now.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are, are you know looking to to figure out how they can get into a better mindset, especially with what's going on now. And, you know, what I will say is after 20 years of being in a war with two different nations, there's never been a point in time where you've had more military veterans that are no longer in the military. Cause imagine we got out what 12 years ago, almost. So, I mean, probably longer than that. I didn't even count, but, um, how many of guys like us are out there that came up through the years, you know, been more so, like 18 years, but yeah, holy cow. I'm old. <laughs>
0: dude, It feels like a lifetime. It, well, for me, it was almost a lifetime yeah. ago because it was like literally half my life ago. Yep. yep. It's just weird to think about it in those terms. Time can get away from you. It you, really can. You, you, but
1: you look back and think like we were doing, when we were 18 or 19 sitting in another country versus what you see other, like now you see 18, 19 year old kids on TikTok, and you're like, It's a little bit of a different (laughs) upbringing, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. But I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. And if you're watching here on YouTube, uh, thank you as well. You know, we do post uh, these podcasts in video form over on YouTube if you want to check them out. Uh, These also get posted to our Rumble page. Follow us on Rumble at IRACVeteran8888, also veteran 8888 on YouTube. Uh, And if you're listening here on the podcast, leave us a good rating. That helps us show up in the search results. And we appreciate the downloads. We appreciate your support. Um, and also, do, absolutely, if you are in uh, the area here in Georgia, make sure you check out his Jiu-Jitsu Academy. What's that website? One more it's, time.
1: Uh, alliancebjjroswell.com dot com. Awesome. Yep.
0: Come I, try us out. I think we need to come up there and shoot a video and 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 you know, let's do it. Show off the school a little bit. That'd yeah, be fun. Man. It looks great. It's yeah, really cool. man. I, dude, and and plus again. All right, because I know you and I know how you are, and because we've known each other so long, I know it's legit. I don't yeah. even have to see it. <laughs> if he says it's legit, again, it goes back to that reliability thing. Like I know he's a reliable person. Like if if he tells me it's legit, that's legit. I know, yeah, 110%. man, 10. So, and that comes from that mutual, you know, when when you're around people enough and you know you can rely on them. When someone tells you something you are like, hey, I can take this for face value. I I don't have to wonder if this is speculation. So that's an important aspect of it too. But I could go on all day. But thank you guys so much for listening here today. I hope you all enjoyed it. Have yourselves a wonderful week. We try to post podcasts as often as we can. Again, let us know in the comment section below if you're on YouTube here. uh, What are some of the tenets of uh, infantry mindset that we might have forgot about? And maybe we will revisit this and share some of your stories uh, in a future podcast but thank you so very much for tuning in and for watching here today many more on the way and we will see you soon and check out that Jitsu academy get yourself some training that's sure. right bye everybody thanks for listening to life liberty and pursuit if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe on apple podcasts spotify and anywhere else podcasts are found be sure to leave us a five-star review we'd really appreciate that You can support us over on Ballistic Inc. by picking yourself up some merch. And remember, guys, dangerous freedom. Have a good one.